so it's a balmy summer day. It's always balmy. Well, it may be a balmy summer day. I, my memory isn't really clear on this one. <laughs> We're all at work. Yep. It's a normal day in the office. You know, we've got documents out everywhere. Every cabinet is open. Everyone's playing around with intelligence. It's that kind of day. Yep. And then the alarm goes off in the building and we are told, you know, attention, attention, that sort of stuff from mm. the guards. A protest is building up outside the building. No, not a Canberra protest. A Canberra protest. <laughs> now, here's the thing that happens when a protest appears at the ASIO building. Everything shuts down. Right. We have to get rid of everything. We have to lock everything up. Why? Everyone goes into panic mode because if they get in the building, they can get their hands on the intelligence. Which made me kind of think maybe that was something they could have done in the Capitol building. Yeah. You're listening to I Spied, the podcast that is the insurrection storming Australian intelligence. They missed me! They missed me! Hello and welcome to I Spied. My name is Michelle Stevenson, journalist, and I'm here with David Callan. We've had some summer bite-sized apps just yes. to kind of keep you sated. Yeah. And now we're back with a full-blown app. We've missed a lot, right? Man, what a summer. What a summer it's been. It was huge. Yeah. I mean, I was, like, as I said, the 6th of January, I just sat there utterly gobsmacked at what was going on in Washington. I know. I know. I was covering it as well from a news perspective and mm. I just remember just watching it and it almost like, it was like you were watching a movie unfold. Yes. It was unbelievable. Yes. And here's the thing that went through my mind, and it goes back to that idea of what happened with this protest. Yeah. I spent the entire time going, oh, I wouldn't have done it that way. No, right. Mm, I wouldn't have done it that way. And how come they know that? And how do they yeah. know to go there? And then when, of course, the, the big news came out that some girl had stolen Nancy Pelosi's laptop and was trying to sell it to the Russians, I just went, this is an utter security failure on behalf of America. They yes. blew it. Yes, and absolutely. I think what was so unusual too was the lack of police presence. Mm. They knew that this kind of incitement was going on. You had Donald Trump just yeah. moments earlier pretty much. Well, it was all over Twitter as well. Yeah, I mean, exactly. he was saying for, for weeks leading up to it as be there on the 6th, this is going to be wild. Now, here's the thing. This comes down to the whole idea of intelligence and how it works. Yeah. Because what happens is you'll have a threat assessment. If you ever have any major gathering or you – know, when a politician travels somewhere, mm. an intelligence service, if they're doing their due diligence – has to do a threat assessment. If the Prime Minister of Australia is going to go up to Birdsville to do a photo shoot on a farm wearing a pair of moleskins, we still need to do a threat yep. assessment, right? So what happens is the FBI, the NSA, all of the different intelligence services would have gone, uh, we might have a problem because the actual president is telling people to bring baseball bats and get ready to, like, kill Mike Yeah, insurrection, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you think we might... Do something about this? Yeah. And the problem is you're reporting to an administration that is calling for the insurrection. Yeah, so now that is the interesting part because the yeah. FBI did come out and say that they had flagged this as an issue. Yep. How then does this failure happen? I mean, this is a systemic failure. This is, like, incredible. Totally. Totally systemic failure, right, from the top down it yep. failed. I mean, it didn't help that the top was the person calling for the insurrection, yep. but the critical failure was the fact that the police in the capital 
basically went, it's not going to be a problem. Yeah, right. Right. And what they didn't realise was they were working against a planned militia. There were organised militias within this protest. It was quite brilliant when you think of it strategically. I mean, I used to get into trouble when I said that you look at 9-11 and tactically, strategically, it was a brilliant operation. It was. This was in the similar vein. It was incredibly well thought out. It was incredibly acted, but it was so covered by, what's the best way to describe them? You know, fly-by-night idiots. Yeah. That went, oh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defend Yeah, my people Trump. essentially just wanting to be there to like, be, for their latest TikTok video. Who knows? Yeah. Now, let's break it down. Yeah. So, you've got, basically, you've got a group of people. They're there to see Donald Trump. They're getting angry. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, they decide they're going to storm the Capitol. Yes. And- what what was unfathomable to me as well is where was the backup? Once that started happening. Therein lies your problem. Where is the backup? Because yeah. the Capitol Police are there specifically for the Capitol yeah. building. Now, the and they problem- were overrun. Oh, yeah, they were overrun. But you know what? When you've got a mob of about 50,000, 60,000, yeah, good luck. Yeah. Really, good luck. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's like a football riot. Once it's out of control, all you can do is damage control. Now, we did see um, instances where the police on duty pretty much just let people in. Yeah. Now, there's two sides of this coin. Yeah. One side is there is nothing I can do to prevent this. That's point one. Right, so anything I do at this point is going to be detrimental to my health and probably detrimental to other people's health, so I'm going to stand back and let this happen. That's a dereliction of duty, but it's also what we like to call flight or fight response, and their response was flight. There were also the guys that were actively encouraging them to come in. Now, this is the problem with right-wing extremism, is it's beginning to get its hooks into policing, particularly in the US. There is a lot of problems with right-wing extremism in the US law enforcement community, and it's beginning to sort of get its claws into the Australian law enforcement community, not so much intelligence. Like, at the moment, ASIO actually released a report recently where they said that 40% of their targeting is against right-wing extremism. Yeah, and we're, we're seeing it as a growing trend mm. in terms of, like, what we used to be terrorism as known as Israeli or... Middle East. Middle Eastern yeah. um, terrorism. Now we're looking at right-wing extremism. Yeah. That is the latest form of terrorism. Now, here we have a president who has now utilised, literally... Yeah clung onto right-wing extremism and all of the trappings that go with it to bolster his own standing. Because essentially, he lost. He lost the election. Now, it was interesting, the Four Corners, Sarah Ferguson's report, Downfall, all about January 6th, was brilliant. They interviewed Elizabeth Newman, who was the head of Homeland Security up until midway through last year. She quit and she basically turned around and said, look, essentially, if you really boil right-wing extremism down to its really threatening side in Mm. America, there's about 500,000 people. Yep. That's half the standing army of the United States. That's a lot of people. Now, if they can organise, and my God, they seem to be able to, Mm. January 6th proves it, if they really did organise, you could have a really, really major problem on your hands. But what's interesting about it now is the people that were there are turning on Trump. Yes, exactly. But what I have found incredibly fascinating too from the fallout of this is, A, how does this actually happen? Mm -hmm. Like we don't seem to be getting any answers to those questions. This is one of the world's most powerful countries. Yes. And their epicentre... The capital was stormed and easily taken. The castle. Easily. Yeah, the castle fell. The castle fell and quite easily. And from a perspective of, say, a Russian or someone in China, surely they must have been looking at that going, 
Hang on, that's that happened real easy. I believe Putin was cracking the champagne and giggling sure like a loon in his Dacha down near Sochi. What that means is, yeah, the credibility of the United States is in tatters. Yes. Right. But here's the really interesting point is Joe Biden has essentially gone, right, hit the reset button. We're going to start again. Now they've got the you got the Senate stuff. That's all very interesting. What's going to happen, I think, next is there is going to be a massive broom go through intelligence. Because one thing that Trump did is he never appointed anybody to a lot no, of positions. exactly. So there was a, like critical departments were understaffed. What's going to happen is, well, I think it was Biden on the day of the inauguration got up and basically said to a 1,000 people via Zoom, you're now being put into these positions. Anyone talks down to any of their staff, anyone does anything corrupt – you're gone. Yeah. Right? He put the foot down, you know, he dropped the hammer straight away. So in a sense, he's brought a lot of professionalism back into these organisations. But what has to happen now is they've got to clean out what the dross that's lying around. Could this essentially be something that would ever happen here in Australia? Huh, that's a really, really good question. Because uh, my experience of demonstrations in Canberra is we are a fairly peaceable lot. Yes. But then again, most of the demonstrations, like the demonstration that happened at the ASIO building, mm. right? That was a left-wing organisation or a left-wing group. Well, a bunch of left-wing people. Um, <laughs> is it five people? Was it just five people? Just tell me. <laughs> it was about 50 people. 50 people in Birkenstocks. And yep. Yeah, in Birkenstocks and a lot of dreadlocks. Yeah, and I'm sure. a, a lot of times you're just like, can somebody just throw some Rexona out <laughs> a window? <laughs> or just throw them some food. They're probably yeah, hungry. It really smells good. Oh, no, not meat. Uh, <laughs> But the interesting thing about that was eventually one of the duty officer had to go mm. out and talk to them and, you know, we're really angry and we want to destroy you. And he's like, look, look, we're just doing a job and we understand your complaints. And it was like, okay, you're being reasonable. We'll go. <laughs> and, it was like, and it was like, hang on, we've packed everything up. So what, what do you mean when you say packed everything up? Right. Next to your desk, if you're in a desk, you'll have a class two or class B security container, yep. which is a two drawer combination file safe right or it might be a two-door combination file cabinet or if you were me you had a desk covered in paper that you then had to stack in a trolley and roll into a class a security vault oh my god this is so government so camera isn't it (laughs) yes and then you had to have a b47 form (laughs) did you have to fill out forms no as you were packing up essentially it was like dump it chuck it yeah right get it in and lock it up that way if somebody gets into the building they're not going to get their hands on anything now what happened in the capital was i think basically security went oh gee uh can someone go and tell nancy pelosi that we've got to go and they walked her out first yeah and left everybody else and and what was very interesting is like you know you saw those pictures and that of that gentleman who was in Nancy Pelosi's office, he's essentially going through her stuff yep. and he her computer was left open. So she just has access to all of these files and documents. All computers are logged out of. Like everything's shut down, right? Yeah. So And your computer will sit on your desk. They can steal the computer all they want. There's nothing but on what, it. But her, hers seem to still be logged in. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. If you turn around to Nancy Pelosi and go, some people have broken into the building, they're coming to kill you and they have breached the perimeter, yeah, you they're just leave. in you the leave. castle, yeah. the first thing you do is you turn around to one of your interns or one of your staff, you're probably your chief of staff, and go, shut down the office, lock it all up. Right. And he goes, or he or she goes to that office and shuts everything down, even if it's just pulled the pin on the computer. But that never happened. No, because as one of her younger staff members said, 
when everyone went, you're so calm. You you seem to know what to do in this. It's like, yeah, we grew up with school shootings. Yeah. This is normal for us. Right. Right, because that's the flip of what goes on in the US. Like people were walking in there with zip ties and chanting, you know, in the rostra, hang Mike Pence. It's incredible. Right. It's inc- it was just incredible scenes. But from a security perspective, mm. how dangerous could that have potentially been? No, how dangerous? Like you in terms of having access to files and things you shouldn't have access to. Uh, now, let's look at Nancy Pelosi's computer. Yeah. Right. The, even if there isn't any classified documents on there, yep. God, there's going to be a lot of personal information and a lot of personnel information on there. There's going to be emails. And there, look, the chances of her having a computer that is completely strictly locked down with no security yep. intelligence on it at yep. all, Impossible. I would say it's virtually impossible for that to happen. The other thing is if cupboards are open, there's going to be legislative briefs. There's going to be security sit reps. There's going to be security briefs. There is going to be like intelligence lying around because she's the Speaker of the House. She's the third in line mm. for the presidency. Mm. She would get the daily brief. And, I mean, we're just lucky that the people that stormed her particular office had no idea what to do with any of that information. They were yokels. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. They were just literally taking selfies of them posing at her desk. So they're incredibly fortunate for the US yep. that, that that kind of happened. But does this speak to any of their issues that they have in their security? Oh, massively. It speaks ma- like it basically shows that the personal security within the organization and also the structural security, mm. so the the integrity of the building itself, is utterly corrupt. Yeah, you watch they put a fence up around the Capitol. You watch it stay there. It will become permanent. I can guarantee it. Simply because we can't have this happen again. They're going to up the number of police officers that are in there permanently. So this is becoming another massive cost on it's a cost burden for the capital to absorb. Now, you know, it's the government, they got money, whatever. Uh, but the bottom line is you have five thousand troops mm. walking around Washington right now because they can't trust this not to happen when they take Donald Trump into the Senate for his impeachment hearing. Yeah, and I think also the other thing that's that's kind of stemmed from this People have seen how easy it was. Yeah. So so now, of course, they would probably do it again. Well, they'll try. They'll try. Uh, it won't happen again? No. Uh, well, the attempt could happen again, but I do not think they'd have that much success because I think you'd find that literally they'd drop an airborne regiment straight on yeah. top of the steps and go, bring it on. So let's, let's look at this from an international perspective yeah. now. How would this affect international relations? Like how would, how would other countries now view the US in terms of their security? And, I mean, if you, you're promoting inciting mm-hmm. insurrection and you've got your own people just storming your capital, yeah. that, that really puts you in a really tenuous position. The United States is a failed state right now. Yeah. It would be regarded by other governments as a failed state. As much as our government is, oh, we're good friends with the United States. Yeah. And we have to do that because we are intrinsically, strategically linked to their military. Our entire like defence strategy rests on the American military. Yeah. We have to do that, but it would be known that right now America is broken. It's so close to being a third world country, it's not even funny as a joke. It's got major health, like, just go through it, health yeah. crisis, wealth gap. There's so much inner city poor, homelessness. You throw on top of it an insurrection, Yeah, the nature of they just had, their standings have plummeted uh, globally. Now, in terms of a coup, 
because mm-hmm. we, you know, we've been talking about Myanmar and what's going on with the military coup there yeah. at the moment. Is that something that the US were close to even possibly having? I because th- it was something that had crossed my mind because they have a lot of black ops. They have a lot of mm-hmm. soldiers who aren't part of the army, but then they're contracted out. Yeah, SOS. SOS. But they also, you know, they, they make money not through the government, but through other countries. So something like Blackwater? Yeah, exactly. Right. How easy would it be for some of them to militarise and take over the US? If they organised? Yes. It wouldn't be that hard. I mean, the the only difference being that guns, God and, and – guns and God, may, I can't remember what it is. But essentially, you know, there are more guns in America than people. Yes. So there would be a lot of civilians that would take up arms against a military coup, yeah. you would think. Yeah. But then again, a lot of the people that were involved in the capital storming are the kind of guys that own guns and they would probably support it. Now, would the military do it? I don't think they would in America because they don't swear allegiance to a president. No. They swear allegiance to the Constitution of the United States and they protect it from all enemies, foreign and domestic. Right. And the military actually did turn around, I think it was either just after Christmas or just after New Year's, and said, we will not get involved. We will not. You know, if the president turns around and says he wants martial law, we will reject that order because it's unconstitutional. Yeah. Right. So the thing about the military is – I mean, you look at the military in a country like, say, Iraq um, or Iraq under Saddam Hussein or Myanmar's another one. Thailand's another one as well. They have a culture of going, we're not happy with the government, we're the military, shut up, get out. That's their culture. The Americans don't have a culture of that. They have a culture of we serve the constitution and the flag. And if someone desecrates that flag, well, one betide upon you. The interesting thing was the QAnon thing was, on the 20th, at the inauguration, all of those troops in the capital will arrest all the Democrats and spirit them off to uh, Guantanamo Bay and they'll behead Nancy Pelosi and Kamala Harris and Joe Biden on the steps of the capital. That was the – that seriously, that's what they believe. It's, it's just so bizarre because that is something out of, you know, what America was – fighting against yeah. in terms of like spreading democracy and invading a lot of these countries. Yep. Well, not invading, sorry. <laughs> so being democratic and spreading the democracy everywhere. Yeah, under the point of a like a silenced barrel. Yeah, yeah we yeah. get that. Yeah. <laughs> but essentially it's kind of flipped now. Yeah. America is actually fighting itself. Yeah. It's, it's literally struggling to contain its own democracy. Now – the thing is, when they – the whole – it was great. I was watching it on Twitter. It was hilarious because I was watching the inauguration mm. and then, of course, you know, I'm on a feed. I've got a secondary feed on Twitter so I can hook into these yeah. QAnon people without yeah. actually hooking into these QAnon people. And I was watching it and what was really interesting was like, yeah, look at the soldiers. They're ready to go. They're ready to go. They're going to – and you, these soldiers are standing at the bottom of the stairs next to the pool of remembrance or whatever yeah. taking selfies. Right? Yeah. And I'm like, these guys don't look like, like locked and loaded and ready to rock and roll. And then what was really interesting is once it was all said and done and he left the uh, – President Biden left the dais, I am so disappointed. What happened to the plan? The plan was we were going to behead these people mm-hmm. and everyone else was going to go off to Guantanamo. And it was like, it's a conspiracy, guys. It's a fantasy yeah. that you have bought into. And what's really interesting is it's the people that have been promoting this conspiracy are making money out of it. How are they making money? Oh, well, you know, clicks. Yeah, right. Clicks and the advertising comes up yeah, and it's right. literally they're making cash off this. Yes. It's a, it's a rort and it suckers in a lot of disenfranchised or angry people. Yeah. 
that will then go and go, let's storm a building. Yeah. Well, and what was interesting about that is like these people stormed the building and they got in and they essentially went, now what? Yeah. They they didn't actually do anything and it was very fortunate that none of them were – these crazed nutters who were just going to blow something up. It was, I mean, the classic analogy, it, they were a dog that caught the car. Yes. I mean, what does a dog do with a car once it's caught it? Yeah, it loves exactly. chasing it, but, but now what do I do? Yeah. Right? So the, and the thing was, there were people with a plan. And if you watch the Four Corners report, that you can see footage of guys that are obviously trained and have been practicing building assaults. Like one of the classic things in a building assault is you you stack up. It's called stacking up where you get to the door mm. and you each put your hand on each other's shoulder. Right. So the first guy goes in. If there's smoke, if it's dark, if there's flashbangs, if there's any restriction of vision, you will literally be dragged through the door. I learned that at uh, tactical combat training <laughs> for actors. <laughs> yeah. How's about that? I spent seven years at ASIO and I got my tactical combat training from- Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From an ex-SAS guy and the stunt coordinator for John Wick. <laughs> oh, yeah, man, you watch me pull a gun. I can pull it and clear it and reload it really quickly. But if I have to pull the trigger, that's when I get scared. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why you worked for ASIO. That's why I worked for ASIO. Yes. But that's the thing. These guys were trained and had yeah. practiced this and they were using communications like it's an app that basically turns your phone into a two-way radio. Yeah. They were using that to talk to each other. We're inside the building now. Right, get ready to move the next unit through into this area. To me, the most brilliant thing, and it was so brilliant, is the Eugene Goodman. Right. The Capitol Police officer, black guy, who just kept going, yeah, you want a piece of me? You want a piece of me? And the protesters kept approaching him and he'd stop and they'd all move towards him and then he'd run up a flight of stairs. Yes, he was leading them away. And he literally led them past the door of the Senate. Yeah. And it was literally a bunch of really angry white guys going, there's a black guy we can kill, let's go. Yeah. And he just like went, he was literally the bait. He was yeah. the Judas goat that just dragged them away. And that to me is like he's meant to he, – I think he's getting like – He's a, getting on it. He's getting on it. Yeah. And so he should because he was the one guy who went, these guys are so dumb. Yeah. And they don't know what they're doing. I mean, a guy wearing a buffalo suit stood on the Senate floor. Oh, he's vegan though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> dude, but you know what? I don't think it's a real buffalo. I love, I love how he's like. He was arrested and he was like requesting vegan food. Yeah, it's like, mate. Come yeah, on. dude, you're not getting anything <laughs> for a long time. So you know, we we saw these incredible scenes, mm. and it surely has affected the way the US is perceived internationally. But internally, there's going to be a lot of questions and a lot of changes. I would imagine FBI, CIA, yep. like. Homeland Security are in trouble. Yeah. Capital Police are in real trouble. Yeah. FBI are in trouble. CIA, not so much. They're no. actually not meant to be involved. They're, like the CIA's charter, they are not allowed to get involved in domestic intelligence and security. That's would, not their job. Would you think there would be cause for them to get involved because maybe some of the chatter came from international? Ah, outside. now that's an interesting point. They could very well get involved if it turns out that it was coming from Russia. like that. <laughs> There's I can't remember the name of it. It's a it's a street address that is the name of the building that right. basically Russia run there. Their Facebook sites. Yeah, their Facebook. <laughs> their, well, their Facebook sites and all of their cyber attack. Yeah. comes out of this one building in St Petersburg, which, funnily enough, is where Putin's from. Right. He's yep. a proud St Petersburg boy. Used to play uh, front row for the St Petersburg rugby. I bet he did. Yeah, I reckon he would actually. <laughs> now the thing is, if there is any foreign interference, and there might be, Mm. there could be. For me, it would probably be more money than anything else. It would be sponsorship and maybe assistance in getting the message out via Facebook and other 
pseudo networks, you know, Telegraph, whatever it is. What was the other one? The the one that got banned? So they they can't talk to each other. It starts with a P. Well, oh, Parler. Parler, that's the one. <laughs> Parler, which I think is I never, imp- I never took it seriously because... I just never took it seriously. Yeah, I just find it an interesting thing because, you know, a parlour to me is a, a drawing room where one goes for cigars and port after after dinner while the ladies have a sherry. It's like, why are you calling it parlour when you're a bunch of Because women? they feel like, I think they like to think they're highbrow and really they're not. No, no, they're no, just no, 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 right, no, no, no. a bunch of racists uh, yeah, with yeah. guns. Yeah, a bunch of really, really angry people. Here is my favourite fact, though. Right. Of this. And I only found It's probably a good thing to end on. It's a great one to end. You're going to love this. Okay. They realised that the police discovered that of all the people they arrested during this, forty mm. percent of them didn't even vote. I mean, it's kind of the sweet, sweet irony of that, America. It kind yeah. of sums it up, really, doesn't You're it? You're stealing the election that I didn't get involved in from me, dude. It's not your election. Relax. Yeah, good place that, to end it. I yeah, think. good place to end. By the way, it took us about. Half an hour to unpack that bloody building after those protesters <laughs> left. One of them stuck a placard on the security grill and we all just went, oh, isn't that nice? So next week? Oh, next week I really, really want to talk about Navalny. What if I don't want to talk about him? Well. No, I look, I do, I do, I do. I yeah, think yeah. this is great. There's Navalny's, a lot going on here. Because as much as America is in trouble at the mm. moment, ooh, I think Vladimir Putin's getting into a little bit of thin ice with this one. He is, and we're seeing it. We're seeing people actually protest in Russia, which I, the, that's dangerous in it, itself. Yeah, thousands of people are being arrested. It's like Dzinsky Square can only hold so many. Unless they're drunk. Good point. Most of them probably would be. Yeah. 